Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Monday, October 25th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. There is a push in Illinois to get more electric vehicles on the roads. Supporters say it could be a significant boost to the state's economy. So we're talking about tens of thousands of new jobs, hundreds of thousands of man hours of construction to to put this infrastructure in place. We'll explore the effort to get one million new electrical vehicles on the roads in Illinois in just a few minutes. People in areas south of St. Louis and in Illinois are cleaning up after strong storms blew through last night. The National Weather Service will send survey teams to many areas today, including St. Francis and St. Genevieve counties. Meteorologist Alex Elmore says the St. Louis office has received several reports of damage. Lots of reports of uh, downed trees. There's portions of southeastern Missouri where these tornadoes potentially rolled through. They, you know, heavily wooded, so lots of downed trees. Um, and we have received several reports of uh, power lines and power poles damaged as well as several reports of structural damage. Elmore says survey teams will determine if communities are cleaning up from straight-line winds or tornadoes. He says it's more typical for such a weather system to blow through the area during the spring. Almost 90 percent of Missouri's nursing home residents are now fully vaccinated against coronavirus. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, nursing home staff in Missouri have the second lowest vaccination rate in the nation. In Missouri, about 55 percent of workers are vaccinated on average per nursing home, far below the 70 percent national rate, according to federal data. Jenny Hollinsworth is the long-term care ombudsman for the state of Missouri. She says unvaccinated workers can still pass the coronavirus to elderly residents. We've got staff that are out and about in their communities, and then they're coming back into the facility and potentially bringing that to a resident. The Biden administration announced in August that all U.S. nursing homes would be required to vaccinate staff or risk losing their federal funding. But federal officials have yet to set a deadline for that mandate. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. A report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture shows the benefit program previously known as food stamps has more than twice the impact on rural communities than their urban counterparts. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports. The study shows the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, increased total spending and created jobs at twice the rate in rural areas. Economist Catherine Ralston is one of the authors of the report. She says the two biggest factors are that food purchased with SNAP benefits in urban areas end up creating jobs in agriculture and food production in rural areas. And once the money is in rural communities, it tends to stay there. The farms are buying equipment. Um, the workers that they pay are spending their own money that in, in turn generates income. Ralston also says a greater percentage of SNAP benefits go to rural residents. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. The St. Louis Cardinals will announce their new manager today. Several media outlets report the team will hire Oliver Marmol. The 35-year-old moves into the job after serving as bench coach the past two seasons. He was drafted by the Cardinals in 2007 and will become the youngest manager in the major leagues. Governor J.B. Pritzker last month signed a massive law overhauling Illinois' energy portfolio. 
to combat climate change. But the state is looking at a long road to another goal in that new law, getting one million new electric vehicles on Illinois roads. Caroline Kabzanski reports. The so-called Climate and Equitable Jobs Act puts Illinois on the path to getting 100% of its energy from renewable sources like wind or solar power in the next three decades. The ambitious climate package also has a secondary goal to reduce carbon emissions in the state. By 2030, Governor J.B. Pritzker wants to see a million new electric vehicles displace traditional fuel-burning cars on Illinois roads. Emissions from cars and trucks have overtaken coal plants as the largest source of pollution in Illinois in recent years, boosted by the proliferation of rideshare and demands for near-instant delivery for online shoppers. But Jack Darren, the director of Sierra Club Illinois, is optimistic that investing in electric vehicles or EVs will pay dividends everywhere. We get not only the savings as drivers from not having to, to put gas in our cars anymore, we get the cleaner air, but also hopefully we're creating good jobs in manufacturing for Illinois and making these vehicles and these charging technologies. According to state data, there are currently 26,000 EVs registered in Illinois. But the new climate law includes $4,000 tax credits meant to incentivize Illinoisans to buy new EVs beginning next summer. That's on top of an existing $7,500 federal tax credit for new EV buyers. But if a million new Illinoisans do start driving EVs in the next nine years, the state will need much more infrastructure to support the shift, including a massive investment in charging stations. Illinois currently has about 2,200 charging stations statewide, but it'll need to amp that number to about 100,000 by 2030. That's according to Mega Lakchara, the policy director at electric vehicle charger maker EV Box. But the price tag, at least for now, isn't cheap. If you bought something with a single port, the hardware costs approximately $2,000. And installation depends on the electric wiring and the infrastructure upgrade that is needed. So it can range from anything from two dollars to $6,000. Those infrastructure costs will be more expensive where communities aren't as dense. Lakchara says this is a complicated undertaking, but not impossible. But the longer the state takes to implement the infrastructure, the harder it will get. They can accommodate the influx of all these electric vehicles within the next four or five years. The problem is if you do nothing. Based on the current infrastructure, it could get difficult. You could have choke points. Though Illinois' business community largely opposed the massive climate law citing increased energy costs, trade groups are hopeful the state can attract new EV-centric businesses. Lakshara's company, EV Box, put down roots in Illinois last year when it made Libertyville its North American headquarters. And Illinois is already home to two EV manufacturing plants. Mark Densler, the president and CEO of the Illinois Manufacturers Association, says there's no reason that Illinois, at the heart of the U.S. interstate highway system with a major city and an international airport, shouldn't get serious consideration as the home base for new EV companies. We have a well-skilled population here in the state of Illinois. Workforce is certainly uh, very important. However, Densler warns that property taxes and the higher energy costs his group opposed in the climate law could give companies pause when they're weighing whether to invest in Illinois. But there are things Illinois could do to sweeten the deal for EV manufacturers, Densler says, like speeding up the permit process for new ventures and giving out tax incentives. State Representative Dave Vela, a Democrat from Rockford, has already introduced legislation to provide EV companies with those incentives. So we're talking about tens of thousands of new jobs, hundreds of thousands of man hours of construction to to put this infrastructure in place. It it really could boom our economy back to post-World War II times. Lawmakers are currently considering the proposal, which includes creating tax credits for EV manufacturers and EV battery makers, in addition to utilities incorporating renewable energy into their grids. I'm Caroline Kubzanski.
Caroline is an Illinois-based public radio reporter. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.